Dear listeners, Sai Ram, welcome to our radio series, Afternoon Satsang. This is a discussion between Radio Sai's Prem and Arvind on different spiritual topics. Every Thursday on Asia Stream, you can enjoy this live conversation. It's from 12.30pm to 2pm Indian Standard Time. The topic of today's episode is Satyam Shivam Sundaram. The Life Story of Bhagwan Sri Satya Sai Baba and this was first featured as part of Thursday Life on January 16th, 2014. Welcome dear listeners to another episode of Afternoon Satsang. continuing our program on the satyam shivam sundaram episode which we've been doing for the past few months i invite on behalf of all of you brother arvind sairam arvind sairam prem and as always it's a pleasure and privilege to be part of this satsang we have already spoken about how kasturi garu came to swami and you know the beautiful thing about kasturi's life is that his life if we see broad vision mm-hmm. you realize that for him life before sai was filled with difficulties and life with sai after sai entered his life was one blissful journey not because he didn't have difficulties exactly that's what i wanted to add because his life before swami had difficulties his life after swami also had difficulties but you know the humor with which he writes his autobiography shows that what a difference in perception which he went through because of swami's presence in his life and that is what it matters you know things in the world hardly change if today arvind you are you know realize the world around you will not change exactly. but the world changes for you that's what, that is what that is what the avatar does exactly uh, means the world is not to be changed the world is a stage where the drama has to go on but your world changes and that's what happened to kasturi because he had a very 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 tough childhood he lost his father to smallpox at that time smallpox had not been eradicated from the world so he lost his father to smallpox later on his mother too had smallpox but somehow she battled it and survived mm-hmm. and then his mother and his mother's sister all of them had to take refuge at his grandfather's place and they were not a rich household they were not even a middle class household they were a poor household it was so tough for them to get their food in fact their grandfather contemplated that Kasturi and his cousin should be sent to a Veda Patshala. Mm-hmm. You know, a Patshala where you are taught only Vedas, a school okay. where you are taught only Vedas, and you are given two meals a day. But his mother pawns the jewelry that she has, and with that sends him to get an English education. He says that that was one of the most powerful currencies that his mother armed him with. Seeing his book, we can realize why and how beautifully he has garnered that currency of the English language. He was. wedded at a tender age of 14 which is common in those days yes and he had to take on family responsibilities of supporting with a job at the age of 21 and even in job he had a tough time there were politics in the university where he was teaching he was not a person who was a politician and therefore he felt that he was in a losing game where he would not gain in respect nor was he gaining in in terms of his emoluments his salary was low and he did ghost writing for so many people mm-hmm. so that he could add on to the meager family income and just when it seemed to be stabilizing 
the destabilizing action took place where he lost his dear son to typhoid you know to a thing like typhoid which is so treatable today he lost his son and 10 days after india won her independence we have spoken about it he lost his son so he was in a total kind of say cruelly struck by destiny he just did not know that was when he came to swami and everything changed after that as you rightly said not that he didn't face any difficulties but he learned how to face them with the lord by the side i think we can enter kasturi's life and see the beautiful 1949 1950 1951 because that is the part of satyam shyam sundaram we are dealing with now after this little break ಿ ನಾಮ 
ప్రేమలు పెంచినామయ్యా పలుకులో సత్యంబు నడతలో ధర్మం అడుగడుగుని బాట నడిచినామయ్యా పలుకులో సత్యంబు నడతలో ధర్మం అడుగడుగుని బాట నడిచినామయ్యా welcome back dear listeners we're talking about the life of professor kasturi and how he came to swami we've spoken about the interesting events which led to the marriage of his daughter the marriage proposal being accepted yeah the marriage proposal being accepted being uh, maneuvered by swami and how the family of parmeshwar ayer were brought around and kasturi was pleading for that and where you know interestingly kasturi writes in his book that this baba is worth cultivating <laughs> you know from that kind of a mindset how he comes around and how he comes to be somebody who was there and witnessed and was there to speak about swami so much and you know interestingly talking about satsangs and talking about speaking of swami i was talking to one of our lecturers yesterday and i just said that you know sir you should also start writing a book you know maybe it's time to start compiling forget about writing a book and publishing it but maybe you should start compiling and he shared with me one interaction which happened between a devotee and swami where this devotee was told by many who knew the experiences she had had that she should one day write a book so she went up to swami and said swami people are telling that i should write a book what do you command me should i write a book swami said not necessary you go around giving speeches because it is easier to get devotion through shravanam hmm. you know that's what swami said and interestingly that's the opportunity which swami is giving all of us because not only are we speaking here but as we always say we are the first listeners to whatever swami is having to say through us and you know talking of kasturi we played a clip from his talk what a beautiful speaker he was and i remember some of my classmates recollecting how he used to come every week to the primary school and talk to them and how his content was so well structured structured and tailor made for children he would talk of angels and he would talk of out of the world beings to become that kind of a devotee of swami the journey which he went through i think one very important period which began this change over 
was his first trip to Prashantinilam. When he, Swami invited him to come and have a look, because uh, he, I think he requests Swami that seeing the devotion this Parameshwar Iyer and this family have for Swami, he requests that the marriage should be conducted in Prashantinilam in Puttaparthi. I'm sorry, and Swami says, yeah, definitely. But come before that and have a look at what are the facilities available. And he says, bring your wife along because she knows better. I think you know, Swami uh, must have been thinking that Kasuri, you have no idea how backward Puttaparthi is. <laughs> right. Come and have a look. You are simply, you know, you are so thrilled with the fact that I fixed fixed your uh, and expression of gratitude. You want to? <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, you don't. You have no idea what you have signed up for. But well. Kasturi comes to Puttaparthi in August 1948. He comes along with his wife, and the journey itself shakes him up physically. Yeah, huh? literally shakes him because he travels through a rickety horse carriage. He travels through a coal-driven bus and a train journey. It's a long journey. At the end of which they come to Puttaparthi, which which is really very remote and very remote and very distant from the city life that Kasturi is used to. He sees the Patamandiram, right, which is like a small shed. Which has a courtyard at the back, and towards one side of the courtyard are two small rooms, which he is told are out of which one of them is Swami's room. He is told, and the other room he is told is the Korika room, where you know Swami grants interviews. And then opposite to that, there are again two small rooms, where he said that one of them is Swami's bathrooms, and the other room is where a small generator is housed. You know this generator. Gives power during the festivals of Dasara, birthday, other ceremonies because right. electrification was very inadequate. Yeah, I don't think it was ever there at all. I think only the little well-off ones could afford to have a connection to the grid. Oh yes, I yeah correct. Now that you pointed it out, uh, that's why the generator existed, right? So that any special function lights could be put on, and he saw that everybody is just placing their bedding and bed rolls and other luggage in the courtyard at different places. Some under the trees, and he sees a series of kitchens where you know food is being cooked by their respective families. Different, different foods. I mean, being you, know, cooked. you can imagine what a shock he would have had because he describes his first couple of meetings with Swami in Bangalore, and those must have been really devotees of certain influence. You know, he talks about meeting him in in the Bull Temple Road in the Commissioner's bungalow, seeing Swami being hosted in such places, and here is he coming to the abode of Swami, and he must have been really shocked. That there's just another room in that courtyard is being pointed out as Swami's room, and Swami walks out. You know, Swami walks out, and he just sits on any bedding that is available there, and he starts talking to everybody. And Kasturi is simply amazed. He's seeing that this Baba, who is capable of you know staying in the households of kings and influential people, is now sitting on a bedding roll and talking like any common man, and he's regaling the people because wherever there is Swami. There is a lot of energy. There's a lot of enthusiasm. There's a lot of laughter, which you know really makes Kasturi envious because he doesn't understand Telugu. He doesn't understand Telugu tongue, and he just feels, oh, how I wish I can understand. How I wish I can understand. Right. And it is literally, you know, Kasturi is floored. He's without his knowledge de- developing devotion and love towards Swami, and he's just not able to fathom how and why, because you know Kasturi all his life. has been a specialist writer specialist in the sense he pricks the pride uh, pokes and bursts the bubble of ego of so many people and he has prided himself at exposing so many such false babas and swamis and now without his knowledge without any reason 
he is just getting drawn to swami he is just feeling love developing in his heart towards swami and he is not able to fathom why but he is enjoying it so he doesn't want to even stop that from happening it's indeed a magical feeling that any one of us who have come to swami would have experienced and it's very interesting you know how swami attracts different people through different ways mm. as you described such a witty writer and who prides himself of his wit and humor here was swami was so effortlessly being humorous and being able to create laughter and mirth wherever he was spontaneously spontaneously and that would have definitely been something which really attracted him because he was not a you know a reclusive sadhu or a person who was drawn and dignifiedly encased in a silence but here was somebody who was with the people you know he would just come and sit on the bed roll as you said and move around and that description of swami which he says is so beautiful you know because he is sitting there just like everybody else but there is a charm which cannot be described he is amongst them but he is beyond all of them exactly and there is that awe you know that aura of awe because he looks and calls kasturi by name you know here somebody who is less than half your age swami was 22 then in 1948 swami calls kasturi by name and he says kasturi you don't worry listen the wedding will be performed here and he points out to an area where uh, the kitchen can be set up he points out to another area where the guests can be seated for food and he says you know don't spend too much money all the things that you look forward to in a good marriage that i will provide i will i will shower everyone with joy you know we often mistake the purpose of a wedding with the grandeur that we can show of that money can buy nowadays if you see the wedding some of the weddings go into lakhs even into crores of rupees which is almost hundreds of thousands of dollars such lavish weddings imagine that huge amount of wealth that is just being spent in a single day i mean swami from the beginning he used to cut on it it is not as if in the beginning swami had no access to wealth and therefore kasturi's daughter's wedding was so simple and serene even later on you know as late as the 85th birthday of bhagwan we had a mass marriage ceremony where i remember even five students got married right in the kulwant hall and even that ceremony though was full of grandeur and thrill and joy and it was vibrant it was not pompous it was not you know reeking with effluence anything like that it was a very simple ceremony filled with a lot of reverence respect love and culture and that is what swami always emphasized and when swami emphasized the same to kasturi kasturi was very much able to appreciate it because he had come from such a such a weak financial background and that was the interesting thing you know because if you look at how marriages were performed earlier and now the idea of having an elaborate feast idea of having people come and visit is that here is a young couple which is venturing into a very difficult phase into their life a long and, odyssey right and they need all the blessings of all of you so it was an invitation to bless but now what it has become is like an invitation to witness here we are performing a grand ceremony come and witness it and that is what swami was addressing you know the what you do a elaborate marriage for is for the blessings and i am here to give you that blessings i am here to give you that joy so you don't need any ostentation to bring you that joy and blessings because i am there to fulfill that have a solemn ceremony that's what swami was saying i think we can carry that message forward even today you know because all the blessings that we need swami will give you know swami used to say people who mind don't matter people who matter don't mind don't mind <laughs> you know in the same uh, logic holds good here the significance is 
there should be an atmosphere of cordiality love reverence respect and you know a kind of blessing filled atmosphere so that this couple can embark on its holy journey on its new journey together rather than till now it has been an individual journey towards god now it's a journey together towards god so for creating this we needs only god's blessings and god's blessings pours on us through different people right so and anybody who is aware of this will not mind if you know ostentation is absent in fact they will be happy because they have come to celebrate the togetherness and those who actually mind it as swami says they don't matter they don't matter their blessings are not blessings at all they have just come for pomp and show so even today it's not as if because swami is physically not there let's make it grand but let us do what is necessary and let us keep the focus in mind i think that powerful message was driven home to kasturi and to everybody else also and not only during that period throughout his life throughout his physical life swami has always emphasized on the significance and spirituality of his event being given more importance and focus rather than the external show pomp and grandeur right and the other aspect of it is here is kasturi to whom in the first interaction swami says you will write my jeeva charitra i will make you meet the right people and i will make you get the right stories for you to construct my, my life biography biography and you can imagine that such a person who is there in prashanti nilam would be drinking in everything which he is seeing you hmm. know the people who are around because he was seeing the kind of people who were there to serve swami you know there was a person who was a commissioner and there was a person who, who was a owner of a mill and there were people who were very very humble the local people who were there to serve swami and there was the kupam family you know they were not very well off compared to the other dignitaries who were visiting swami but each of them considered themselves equal in the eyes of swami not only swami treated them as equals even they considered themselves equal when they approached swami and these were all the things which were actually surprising him and as you said swami was showing him the area where the cooking could be done and swami was giving them the instructions like where what could be stored and swami said you'll have to inform in advance about the firewood and then swami sends word for his father saying that you know he is running the store which helps the devotees who come here so you can place your order with him that is an interesting point prem because swami calls his father by the term griham abbai which means the boy of the house and he calls ishwaramma his mother as griham ammai the girl of the house and this is another thing that fascinates kasturi because it is not as if this is the first spiritual personage he is meeting he has in fact exposed several spiritual person apparently phony spiritual personages and he has been through the ramakrishna order he has been through a lot of spiritual people in his life and he says in his book loving god that in his experience he always sees that whenever there is a spiritual personage the family members of that spiritual personage try to you know put on the cloak of glory that actually belongs to that spiritual personage so they dictate terms so you have ashrams where the father of the spiritual personage or the family and relatives of the spiritual personage try to act as if they themselves are also those spiritual personages but he says here when i saw swami treating his father and his mother also like another devotee right. not only is swami treating them so they are also humble and loving and they themselves consider themselves as being devotees of their own so called son you know so he is amazed by this and he is also touched by the humility of the father who immediately follows the summons of swami 
who comes and tells Swami that yes, Swami, everything will be taken care. In fact, Swami tells Kasturi that you can indent on him because usually people pay him in advance and give their order. But since you have not carried money now, you can indent on him and you can order whatever you wish. He will have them ready, procured for the wedding. And later on, when you come, you can pay him the due. This is another thing that thrills Kasturi. Right. And the two things which strike him when he meets the father of Swami and later when he goes and meets Mother Ishwaramma, hmm. somebody tells him that having come to Parthi, you should go and meet Mother Ishwaramma. He goes to Venkamma's house, uh, Swami's sister, and then meets Ishwaramma. And the things which strike him when he meets these two is one is the simplicity. They are absolutely simple and absolutely sincere. You know, when the father comes and takes instructions from Swami, they are absolutely sincere and they know with whom they are dealing. And, and that surprises him actually. And they are so genuine people. You know, Kasturi records that when he goes to Venkamma, Swami's sister, physical sister, he goes to her and tells her that, you know, Swami has blessed uh, my daughter to be wedded like this. He says, Venkamma erupts in genuine joy. She is so happy for the girl being wedded. Such a kind of happiness which he feels that maybe his own family members may not feel. <laughs> but he sees that these physical family members of Swami around at that time, they were Swami's first disciples. You know, the Vasudaiva Kutumbukam, that is, the whole world is my family, that Swami propagated. That is what they had also imbibed. In fact, he records that Venkama was the first bhajan singer. Right. And the personage who would come early in the morning, first thing, to fall at Swami's feet and seek blessings, seek blessings, was his 108-year-old grandfather, Kondamaraju, which again is absolutely stunning for Kasturi. So he sees all this happening and he is convinced beyond doubt. You know, in such rural settings, when he sees such grand things happening, he is definitely sure that there is something magical going on here. It is not any other ordinary personage. The other thing which he describes is the appearance of Swami, how it is so out of the world, if you say the world is Puttaparthi, you know. Ah. Because he met his parents, he was meeting his sisters and brothers. Yes, the features do match, but then he he has an ethereal beauty around him because he says that, you know, those eyes are different, those pearly white teeth. The persona itself is so different from the local people. And he looks at Swami's feet and he says, it doesn't look like a feet which has trod these thorny paths and, you know, which has climbed the hilly roads here. It, it has a, a serenity and softness of a prince or a princess. And that is what he says, that he does not seem to belong to this place, but he is so effortlessly in this place. Naturally, Prem, you know, Swami himself, when was asked whether his was a pravesha or prasava, prasava meaning conception in the natural manner, pravesha meaning a divine entry, Swami told, ask Mother Ishwaramma, and she reveals how a blue ball of light entered her. So it is natural that, you know, Swami's beauty is otherworldly and out of the world, because he is not of the world. It is not as if, you know, there's a, a gene pool match and uh, he has uh, characteristics and traits of beauty to pick from a gene pool. He has the whole pool which he has created to pick beauty from and naturally he has picked such beautiful features for the avatar of the age. The love of Swami that we were talking about, you know, which was exuded by all the members of the family. Kasturi sees one more facet of the same love. When... Having got all the instructions, having seen and having had their first visit to Puttaparthi, when they decide that it's time to leave, Kasturi's wife goes to Swami and prays for permission to leave. Swami tells, it is Friday. A daughter should never leave her mother's home on Friday. 
now this is a custom that is followed i remember i got married on a friday mm-hmm. so usually the custom is after marriage the husband and wife go to the husband's home right but that evening and night after the marriage we stayed at my in-laws place because the same thing you know my mother-in-law said that a daughter should not leave her mother's home on a friday so it was only the next day that we came home you know that culture is so rich and that tradition you know swami says a daughter should not leave the mother's home on a friday and kasturi is so bold over and the wife is so thrilled she said it's my privilege to have swami as my mother and this is a 22 year old lad saying it huh? it's not it's not We're talking about swami saying this i remember when atal bihari vajpayee first came to swami in 1972 or i think uh, later in the 1970s he was then the external affairs minister of india mm. and that was the first trip he was making and swami called him into his uh, bungalow in brindavan and had a talk with him and during that time you know swami filled him with warmth and he was so touched by swami's love in fact that was the time when swami told him that one day you will be the prime minister of this country mm. where it absolutely appeared that it was not going to be a possibility at all but swami told him that one day you will be the prime minister of this country and even as you know he was leaving swami's presence he looked at swami and said swami can i come to your home now and then seeking permission to visit swami whenever he gets the opportunity he said it in hindi swami aapka ghar pe kabhi kabhi aa sakta hu and swami's reply was this is your mother's house you can come whenever you want whenever you want you can come because this is your mother's house and exactly that was what was special about swami because swami meant it the same may it be an obscure lecturer in the mysore university or it was going to be one of the best prime minister this country was going to have for everybody this was a mother's house wasn't it perfect prime and that is how kasturi and his wife stay on actually and then they realize another reason why swami actually stopped them from leaving that day because the next day in the evening swami takes everybody to the sands of the chitravati river right this beautiful chitravati session about which we have spoken many times it, it it almost appears like swami is giving him a sample of everything of, about puttaparthi in that two days which he spends i think two or three days which he spends you know makes him meet the grandfather makes him meet the parents makes him meet a few classmates gives him a taste of what it is to stay with swami gives him a taste of what it is to be in chitravati with swami exactly he gets stories from the parents he gets stories from swami's classmates and that is how he begins to you know see start seeing similarities you know between the way shirdi sai came about you know with the cholera epidemic and he hears about how swami prevented a cholera epidemic with the pandari bhajan group right that happens actually when he is leaving after the stay in puttaparthi uh, swami arranges for him to be taken to bukkapatnam in a bullock cart by one of his classmates you know somebody who studied in a school i think that was keshavaiya or something right. that is one name. of those classmates who were also part of that pandhari bhajan group exactly and seeing that kasturi and his wife were eager to know about swami he starts telling stories of their childhood days you know when swami would take them to the river and make them have a bath and then he says that how because of their pandhari bhajan group the cholera epidemic was kept away and how different towns used to invite them only for this sake and that's when he realizes you know that hemad pand or dabolkar who writes about shirdi baba who writes the shirdi satyatra he starts with this incident in shirdi satyatra where baba grinds wheat and keeps cholera away by asking them to put that wheat around the boundary of the village and he says that that was the incident which actually inspires him to write the jeevacharitra of shirdi baba 
and here is he listening to the same incident or, or something he is drinking in all this <coughs> because he has been told that he has to write the jiva charitra right. for swami and so he is gathering all details and as you said swami has dished out a menu card for him to show him all the things that happened at puttaparthi and that is how swami takes him to the chitravati also and there are about 20 people on the sands there and kasturi notices that everybody is trying to rush closer to swami they want to sit as physically close to swami as possible and it is a random area you know which swami has told one of the devotees i believe there were two people one who had come from madras and another person was another industrialist mm-hmm. swami tells them to choose pick a spot kasturi has no idea what is this so they pick up some random spot and swami goes and sits there and after sitting there swami starts making a heap on the sand and kasturi wonders what is this for and he says the circle of devotees comes closer and closer to swami once he starts doing that and he's thinking that maybe you know uh, uh, is it a seat for a little boy mm-hmm. so that you know when the little boy sits he'll come up to swami's height or he's just wondering what is this about when swami with his uh, index finger begins to draw something on that flattened heap a conical heap is made and then it's flattened on the top on which swami begins to draw something and now kasturi is intrigued so he goes closer and he starts peeping at swami's drawing skills and he sees that swami has drawn some circles some semicircles some curves and as swami is doing that he says you know i was a very good artist in school my teachers always commended me on my drawing skills and even as swami is saying that kasturi is thinking oh my god your teachers got it all wrong i cannot i can understand how bad their judgment bad was <laughs> not is your teacher would have been <laughs> that's what he writes that's what he writes and then swami says now ganesha is coming yes look here he comes and swami just brushes away the sand and out is a beautiful image a metalloid image vigraha of ganesha perfect in all proportions in all dimensions and wow kasturi is now marveling at the artistic skills of who are made the idol and he's also amazed because he knows that there's nobody who made the idol this idol has come from sand and swami gave this to one of those industrialists who was sitting there for worship and this was another miracle that kasturi witnesses from the sand and after that he gets the chance to witness many more such miracles on the chitravati sands right before we go on to that i think a couple of more events in that last trip but before that we'll just take a short break we spoke about you know that uh, classmate of swami who took kasturi uh, on that bulakat ride and dropped him in bukapatnam and during that conversation kasturi asked him do you remember any of the songs which swami had composed and so the classmate of swami starts singing this song so maybe we'll play out that song and take a short break and we'll come back and uh, we will continue this first trip of kasturi to puttaparthi Thank you. 
welcome back dear listeners we are in the middle of the first trip that professor kasturi made to puttaparthi and the other interesting uh, description arvind which he makes in that is when the time comes when they have to go to sleep you know they've come and he thinks that maybe you just roll out your beds and you sleep and that's when he finds that everybody is picking up their beddings and going to the open courtyard exactly and the, he sees that one metallic cot is being brought and it is placed in the courtyard and he wonders what is this all about and that seems to be the center you know that is in the center and everybody's beds are aligned around it and that is when he realizes that this is a cot that on which swami is going to sleep and he is so thrilled at this opportunity swami is sleeping out in the courtyard and that very act of sleeping like that you know it it is so significant it is like god is the center and we are all around god you know swami should be the center not only of the courtyard where we sleep but also of our life and that is when he starts hearing about different legends that have already started during that time you know one of it is if you are really true in your spiritual pursuit if you are really a pure soul swami will appear to you in your dreams at night <laughs> because though swami's body appears to be on the cot there swami never sleeps that is the time he goes on so many transcorporeal journeys to save so many devotees so many places in the world and if you are a pure enough soul he will come in your dreams too that is also another world that he enters and so kasturi with great excitement and anticipation goes to bed and he is not able to sleep for a long time because he is constantly opening his eyes and looking at the figure in the center of the courtyard and there swami lies without moving and it is so thrilling for him and finally when he manages to go to sleep he says that he didn't get any dream of swami or you know when i was reading this prem i was just thinking forget sleeping in swami's physical presence i remember those few opportunities i got Mm-hmm. to sleep in the ground floor of swami's trai brindavan you know okay uh, we were all called in in the name of security boys we were supposed to provide security whatever that is whatever that means to provide security for swami we are sleeping in the ground floor of trai brindavan mm-hmm. and you know swami's room is on the first floor so the first 3 nights almost when i had to sleep there i got no sleep you know as i lay down i was looking at the ceiling and i was thinking just above the ceiling is swami Oh my god oh my god you know oh my god oh my god that was the only thought that was going on in me i never got sleep whole night i would be just blankly staring at the ceiling and because of fatigue i might slowly drift off into sleep suddenly i'll wake up you know with a kind of shock and i'll be oh god swami is here oh swami is here such is the presence of swami i can only imagine how kasturi and the others might have felt when swami was actually sleeping in their midst on a cot out in the open with uh, no fans or air conditioners but the wind providing the breeze and the rustle of the trees wow it must have been an ethereal experience right and he describes how swami would sleep in the center and the women to one side and the men to the other side and mr seshgiri rao who is like something a sort of a personal attendant to swami would sleep next to swami and also the priest right he was also the first priest of the puttaparthi ashram and another interesting event which he says is you know when swami says that let's fix a date and time for your daughter's wedding mm-hmm. when swami is talking to kasturi and his wife and he suddenly gets up and he goes you know into one of the inner chambers and he asks for an almanac mm-hmm. we spoke about how swami gives so much importance to uttrayanam and rahu kalam and uh, avoiding the bad time and choosing the right time 
he asks for an almanac and this is another thing which is baffling kasturi because here is one who is apparently breaking traditions you know you don't see in him anybody who is like a you know descendant of madhvacharya or any of those kind of shankaracharya sex or anything he's so different in the way he dresses in the way he carries out himself but also rooted in tradition he is asking for an almanac to choose a date and also he is also surprised that when did he learn the art of choosing the right time because it's not a simple thing exactly you know, to know which day is good for marriage and which day is good for any other event <laughs> when did somebody learn you no know, when did somebody learn all these things and these are the things which fill him with awe and that is when i think swami decides that let's have it on the 10th day of dashera yeah the, so the vijayadashmi of 1950 is fixed for the wedding right between padma and balachandran that is balachandran is the son of parmeshwaraiyar and padma is kasturi's daughter so in between you know from 1948 there are almost uh, two three visits that kasturi makes to puttaparthi for swami's birthday in the same year 1948 because he's so enamored again in shivratri in 1949 so he visits swami in between because he's so thrilled and he has a tough time facing all his colleagues and other members at bangalore you know because they are unable to believe that kasturi has gone and fallen at the feet of somebody who is proclaimed as god in human form the to a 22 year old you know somehow we feel that god must be a man with a with a long beard first of all god must be a man that's what we feel second thing is we feel he must have a long beard he must be a very elderly person otherwise how can he have wisdom with a deep baritone voice <laughs> <laughs> which was definitely not what swami you know had exactly you know that is one thing swami broke all conceptions of god you know he here was a person who didn't look in that sense very masculine like he didn't have huge muscles he didn't have bulging mustache long beard nothing and he was not old he was so young and his voice is so sweet you know it is so sweet and if you see technically i don't know if you can call it a very powerful voice beautiful voice but everybody says swami's voice is sweet swami's voice is powerful swami's voice is beautiful because it's god's voice you know whatever is about god is perfect and that is why it was like a shock for kasturi because he no way matched anybody's conception of god and yet in his heart kasturi knew that this has to be god you know rk narayan the great indian writer mm-hmm. he writes that when a buffalo was asked how does god look the buffalo describes god as a huge magnificent buffalo with such huge horns you know our conception of god is limited by our conception itself by our thoughts by what we perceive by our perspective and that is exactly what swami has come to broaden and enlarge and that was what happened to kasturi during those first few trips till he made that trip again in the october of 1950 during the dashera time for the wedding of his daughter and you know those trips he would always describe as he began to feel that he was in some andaman islands where he was imprisoned where his house was and where his job was and puttaparthi was the place where he came Got to liberation. actually live you know to, to actually was his home that was a feeling which came very shortly and he as you said made multiple trips and i think uh, as he himself describes beautifully they began to become more open to poti ayer <laughs> and he talks about in the beginning he felt potier as one big boring old man who keeps who is senile right. who has lost all his mind but now those same things are very interesting for kasturi so he calls him again and again and listens 
to those stories and he is now gathering and drinking and everything because he has to write the jeeva charitra <laughs> and now he comes to puttaparthi this is a dasara time the dasara time we already spoke about how you know swami would go in those chariot processions mm-hmm. and kasturi witnesses this chariot procession and he thinks like any other you know he has been to mysore he has seen the dasara procession from mysore in fact the dasara procession is what has inspired swami to have a procession in puttaparthi in the worldly sense right. so according to the uh, dasara se- uh, procession that happens in mysore kasturi also you know it becomes part of the procession and he's walking but he says he is surprised because nobody is looking to the front everybody is walking backwards and they're looking towards the back why they're looking at swami in a chariot and swami as we have described would be carried in different shaped chariots one's in a swan shaped chariot one's in a horse shaped chariot different kind of chariot would be made for each day of dasara right and kasturi suddenly sees that swami's brow has become fully red and kumkum is dropping in copious amount from there and he sees more startling thing swami just plucks flowers from the garland on the chariot and throws them and they transform into silver coins gold coins coins with different gods and goddesses and each devotee receiving the deity that is that he loves or that he or she loves all this when he sees he thinks he is in some wonderland he just can't believe his eyes where every moment some miracle is taking place and he he says that he thinks about all the science teachers and the science scientists he's studied about and the science he has so strongly believed in all these years and here is a person who is challenging everything that he's believed in all this while and the other thing is you know uh, he mentions this many times before about his skepticism about swami's miracles mm because uh, of his tradition of being with the ramakrishna mission where you know we've uh, heard this many times ramakrishna paramhamsa himself discourage people from going after men of miracles you know he would say that it is a distraction a on the distraction spiritual path and a wastage of siddhis so he initially had a lot of difficulty in accepting these miracles of swami but here he had seen the other side of swami and he now the miracles have become just one aspect of swami's personality so now he is you know that idea of not going behind miracles also being challenged to judge a spiritual person based on his miraculous acts which he was doing all this while even that is being challenged now you know because swami was not a siddha purusha or a yogi who has attained all these things swami says it may be ashcharyam for you but it is sahajam for me it was his nature being miraculous is god's nature so it was not as if swami was going out of his way putting efforts to enthrall an audience the way a magician would do on stage but you know swami was so straightforward in fact i remember uh, a great magician pc sarkar he had once challenged swami mm-hmm. and uh, swami also narrated this in one of the dasara discourses mm-hmm. he had challenged swami and he had said i can do this can you do that swami just did not respond means if he was a person who wanted to show off his miracles what greater stage than this one of the greatest magicians from india is challenging you and you can beat him but swami just said no and in fact that person swami says in the discourse challenged him saying that i can eat glass can you eat glass can you do this and show and there was one more person who said i can walk on water some certain l rao or somebody i think mm-hmm. said i can walk on water can you walk on water and swami said that if a pig comes and challenges you saying that i eat excrement can you eat will you stoop down to the level of the pig just to show that you are better than the pig he says any kind of challenge is between equals swami refused and in fact history has recorded how these people went and they actually flopped 
they decided to go ahead even if swami is not present okay. to show that they can do something and they flopped so on swami's side it was not as if he was putting in extra efforts to make these miracles kasturi saw that just like everybody else that swami's miracles were so natural to him just like breathing is for you and me swami went about doing miracles without much of a show i'll narrate this you know something that i saw in a video that is captured mm-hmm. it was one of those dasara videos maybe i think in the 1970s or 1980s the yagnam is on okay and swami is standing uh, swami is standing as the yagnam purusha there and that purna huti takes place right there's a bundle which has to be offered to the fire mm-hmm. now as the bundle is being lowered into the fire swami just waves his hand for a fraction of a moment you can see a sparkle there it is some shining thing that's all you know and silently you know swami just puts it into the bundle and just puts it into the into the fire and even those priests who are on stage there are about 40 of them even among them very few notice that actually something swami has created because so quickly swami waves his hand creates it puts it and that's it and just puts it into the fire nobody even notices in fact in the video you can see one priest who is trying to crane his neck and see hey, what actually happened because he has caught that i was just wondering if there is somebody who can manifest materialized diamonds when you materialize a diamond won't you make a show of it to everybody that you know here i have materialized a diamond no swami did it because it has to be done that's it there was no show there was no pomp he didn't show it to the camera saying that this is what i have created just created and put it and in fact i think if that video was not there none of us would have even known that swami created something for the purnahuti that year that is one thing about swami right how many miracles that he has done that nobody knows about also it is only now that we are discovering and we are getting thrilled at it that was his nature and as you said kasturi was thrilled by this where he is performing miracles with great ease without any intent of show or trying to attract people using that you know just a little aside if really popularity and you know fame is what swami wanted we as a team as a radio side wouldn't have gone through ups and downs like we have gone through you know we've been on a satellite we've been removed of a satellite the satellite company which was giving us a service shut down if really fame was what he wanted and here are people who are ready to talk about him he would have given us the best platform <laughs> it is just that you know you have to go through what you have to go through to learn this is a setup which is there for you to learn and find fulfillment in life so it will have its own you know set of challenges and ups and downs that is precisely what swami said when he came here for the inauguration of the studio he said that there is nothing that i stand to gain from this very clearly swami said but it is for your joy you want it so you can do it very clear it is swami gains nothing from radio sai but radio sai lives on swami because remove the sai it just becomes a useless radio right and that is another beautiful point which you know professor kasturi makes in that book when he was called to write swami's story you know he remembers and in that book he recollects what happens with shulman arnold shulman arnold shulman another uh, american who was asked to write a book hmm. and he says you know how shulman had was obsessed with his idea of writing a book for swami and he was thinking he was not able to take his bind of it he goes to us and he is all the while obsessed with this thought that i have to write this book on swami i have to write this book on swami and that's when he you know catches a flight comes to swami and he's wondering what am i supposed to write for and but before that you have to say that arnold shulman was an atheist i mean he right. did not believe in all these swamis and babas exactly and before even a word of the book can be written a publishing house is already ready to publish the book mm-hmm. and you know that's really surprising if you're a, a person who is trying to get a book released you will know that <laughs> 
and everything is falling in place and this urge to write a book but what to write what does swami want him to write and then he comes to swami and he says swami i'm here what do you want me to write and swami says i don't want the book i want you that's why i gave you the desire to write the book and you know kasturi also recollects that event and he says that we think that maybe i'm a good writer and swami is trying to win me over to get a book good book out of me mm. but for swami it was always the person which was important and not what the person could do for swami always in fact i remember during one talk somebody mentioned that swami does not uh, get people to fill his hospitals you know fill his hospitals in the sense uh, as doctors as nurses or whatever but if he has to build a hospital in order to get the nurse the doctor onto the spiritual path onto the godward path for which that soul has been crying for for ages he will even build a free super speciality hospital he will even host an international cricket match for that exactly <laughs> <laughs> you know that is the thing you know unless we know this common thread that it is for different individuals to get them swami say as he said to arnold sulman i want you not the book that is the same thing he has told sachin tendulkar i mean it might not be directly physically but that is the message i want you not the cricket i want you not the violin i want you not the music i want you not the art and unless we know this common thread it it can get very confusing at times you know what is a spiritual organization doing i mean what is a spiritual head the god on earth doing what on earth is he doing holding cricket matches holding some other concert holding competitions holding a sports meet holding you know all such variety the world comes in variety and therefore the lord has come for the uplift of the world and therefore he has variety it very true indeed and let's now move directly to the marriage because i think right. let's perform this wedding <laughs> before the satsang gets over right swami took care of the wedding and as you said showered them with blessings galore and kasturi was just overwhelmed in fact kasturi's son i believe with his wife had traveled all the way from the united states of america and come to puttaparthi and they had done some of their own arrangements you know some arrangements to seat some kind of planning right planning and arrangement yeah planning to uh, where the guests will be seated for the wedding after the wedding for the feast and you know there are those vips i think this vip thing extends even from that day there are those vips who are you know considered as vips by others around swami and so they have to be given their place and there are some vips even in the family during the wedding right so swami walks into the feast area and he says that there's nothing like vip this is your day and therefore all the chairs around me will be of kasturi your immediate family and the boy's immediate family and the couple themselves and kasturi says it's an unforgettable meal they had more than the feast they were filled to the brim by swami's laughter and swami's constant talking about such beautiful lofty topics right and you know all the while you can understand swami was pulling the legs of the new couple and you know he talks about the transformation that happens in his son too hmm. where he says initially is very upset that the plan has been disturbed because you can imagine they would have thought of you know the how the arrangement. seating arrangement how the food goes to the vip area and how it goes to the shed where the others are eating and all this planning has been done and here is swami coming in in one stroke everything is uh, changed and here is so much of confusion you can understand and if swami is around you can be absolutely assured that there <laughs> will be a bit of confusion around and that is what swami does you know he upsets all the plan and changes everything and you know uh, 
adding to that physically what i've seen as as you go physically closer to swami the confusion also increases exponentially right at where swami is sitting if you are among those two three people who are listening to the different instructions swami is giving you will be totally confused because the program announcedly one thing but swami's program that is being generated on the fly will be a totally different thing and people who are watching will see how beautifully the whole thing was arranged and how <laughs> it should have been planned so many years before but it's not the case because as swami would say even my robe doesn't know what i'm planning next and that's how swami kept it and and you know kasturi says that when they're all sitting down and eating the son looks at the father and he's of course disturbed by the change of plans but he says but this baba is a democrat <laughs> you know that's what he says because for him there is nothing like high and low and special and common he is a person who is seeing everybody as equal and that floors him a bit and that is one of the initial things which draws kasturi son to swami you know to each person according to their path that is how swami wins hearts over after the wedding celebrations you know it's on the vijayadashmi day the holy vijayadashmi day and kasturi witnesses another shocking event you know after the wedding gets over as swami is walking swami suddenly collapses in a heap he's unconscious and kasturi thinks that this is a medical emergency now doctors have to be summoned what do they do but to his utmost shock he sees nobody seems to be getting perturbed everybody is calm and going about their activity and he says what is happening you know here is a accident here is an incident that requires medical attention and swami swami has collapsed you know this is common every vijayadashmi he has actually gone to uh, shirdi because <laughs> it was on vijayadashmi day that he left his form in shirdi so he has gone there to bless devotees and so it's fine he'll return and this kind of you know cool <laughs> attitude by the people shocks kasturi because he feels it's a medical emergency but then as they say within 2 3 hours swami returns and kasturi is again thrilled again thrilled and his thoughts also go along in another direction the direction that if swami actually wanted fame why did he have to choose to be the reincarnation of shirdi baba right why not pick up murga or ayappa or krishna rama chaitanya the more popular ones right who have established themselves in the name and you know that's something which we spoke about it is not that swami hijacked the fame of shirdi baba but you know he just chose somebody who was absolutely unknown in that region because when he says and baba of shirdi nobody in the region actually have ever heard of him except for one or two who have traveled north and when kasturi tries to reason out as to why swami chose shirdi baba he arrives at the only possible answer that is he chose because that is the truth maybe what other reason nothing else makes logical sense i mean if you want popularity there are others you can choose if you want power there are others you can choose why choose this unknown fakir from a far away land because it is the truth and that is when kasturi learns about one particular facet of the name satyasai baba the satya part that he always adheres to truth right and that oh you know makes him look forward to that interview and pad puja that every devotee is given a chance to perform before leaving and even as swami was lying there in the trance they see that swami's eyes are open and the gaze is fixed nowhere and swami is stiff correct but suddenly swami starts speaking in a very very growlish voice oh yes i forgot that <laughs> correct ha huh. and then some people were going closer to swami and trying to decipher what swami is saying suddenly a couple who were actually from maharashtra they said swami is speaking in marathi mm. and that's when they realized that swami is giving instructions to somebody in shirdi in marathi <laughs> and kasturi's wonders never cease you know because 
during the pad puja where you get a chance to worship swami's feet during that at the end of that pad puja he is thrilled at the chance to touch swami's feet swami waves his hand palm and creates vibhuti swami distributes his vibhuti to everybody kasturi also receives it and again you know he is shocked because when he puts that vibhuti in his mouth he gets a saltish kind of taste but he hears the shout of glee from a little boy in the front who says wow this is so sweet <laughs> so he realizes that the same batch of vibhuti produced is sweet to some bitter to some salty to some to each one according to his need and that is how swami has always been and you know describing that event in the in the shock which he is going through moment after moment he just says you know he says my horizon was being enlarged beyond measure and i had to renounce the coziness i had gained from narrowness of thought wow beautiful english you know, so like in say <laughs> how beautifully he puts it because that is the fact we all are cozy in the narrowness of our thought and we, we resist we, we enjoy that right no. and we resist somebody trying to come broaden and expand our, our and broaden our vision but here was swami who was doing it so effortlessly and another thing he says you know when they do pad puja to swami he realizes that generally you know some of these traditional pad pujas done to mathadipatis you have gold coins being offered there is a dakshina right but here swami who doesn't allow anything in the name of money or in the name of offering no money offered at all right he sees that this is a very very pure form of worship that swami is encouraging in the name of pad puja he said there was no price tag attached to that feat <laughs> exactly you know i happened to meet a long standing devotee mm-hmm. john moore okay you know john moore he's from australia and he came to puttaparthi after the vietnam war and i think we'll be interviewing him sometime because his experiences are phenomenal and when i asked him as to why he came to swami you know because that was the time there are so many other spiritual personages right he says the one thing that struck him was as soon as he arrived he stood at the ganesh gate and he saw a board which said no offering in cash nothing please don't make any offerings here he said that's it i decided that this is the place of my calling because he said every other place there were people wanting him for money and he said here was a place that did not want me for what i had in my pocket but for what i had in my heart and that's why i knew this is i mean and so, this this is really something which people are really odd with because i met somebody for the first time coming to parthi you know this was when swami was physically there with us and this couple came and asked us you know where do we go for darshan so it was just outside the kulvant hall i just pointed out to the hall and said this is the place swami has not yet come but you can go and sit so the next thing they asked was where can we buy the tickets hmm. i said there are no tickets you can just go in there no no where do we pay the money and get the permission to go into the hall i said there is nothing like that you just ensure that you don't step in with your slippers that's all keep all your things outside and you can go in and that couple just could not believe what i said they said you mean to say we don't have to pay anything to see swami we are just allowed to go and have his darshan and that is when it struck me that you know what was so common for us and which did not strike us as something so special is something which people cannot really today it strikes easily. me prem it strikes me every time you know that is one of the reasons why i have not been in my life to tirupati temple to date because it has got so strongly ingrained somehow i feel guilty having to buy a ticket to go for darshan i had been to srirangam temple recently and there also you know i had to pay an amount for if you want to do this if you want to make an offering pay 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 for everything it somehow you know boils my blood nobody seems to get affected but then i realized that is the kind of upbringing that we have gone through that 
we feel that anything about god is freely available for everyone how can you charge so as you say we have got so used to it it in some way you know may, maybe a negative effect it happens that i am not able to enter any other temple where money is charged for darshan <laughs> that is a side effect but i don't regret having the side effect at all i am so happy because any temple i go i cross my heart i see only swami and it is so beautiful and i feel so thrilled to have this chance to see him in his different forms and you listeners you will agree with us just recollecting these stories we are not just talking about the past we are not just talking about some history we truly are reliving it because when we read the words of kasturi be it in satyam shivam sundaram or his autobiography the loving god we are transported to that time and we can imagine what it would have been to see swami what it would have been to see swami in the midst of the backward puttapalti then and what kind of feelings it would have aroused so we will continue that even next week those first few years that kasturi spent in the presence of swami the way he visited and finally how he came and settled here and we are continuing with kasturi not because we uh, want to portray kasturi as a very special devotee though he is it is only because his experiences give us a very good idea of those times and help us in progressing and furthering this discussion on satyam shivam sundaram right but you will have to wait for one week for that we will meet you next week with the next episode of afternoon satsang and another week of impressions that left kasturi forever a devotee at his feet thank you jay sai ram sai ram you just heard an episode of our radio series afternoon satsang this is a discussion between radio sai's prem and arvind on different spiritual topics and the topic of today's episode was satyam shivam sundaram the life story of bhagwan sri satya sai baba this was first featured as part of radio sai's thursday live at 12:30 pm on january 16th 2014 we hope you enjoyed it your comments and suggestions are very important to us please mail them to listener@radiosai.org Next week same day same time will be the continuation of today's episode stay tuned thank you and loving sairam from prashant nilayam